Welcome to New Mercies, a podcast by Mercy Ships, where we'll take you behind the scenes and onboard our incredible hospital ships that are transforming lives all over the world. We invite you to join us each week as we sit down with our crew, patients, volunteers, and partners to hear their stories of life-changing hope and healing. Karis Parker got on board the Anastasis at just six weeks old. Growing up on the ships, Karis had the most unique childhood, and all the cultures, patients, and wonderful people that she's met have all made her who she is today. Here is a holiday highlight with Karis Parker. With such a unique growing up experience for you, share with us maybe one of your favorite childhood memories. What will always be one of my favorite childhood stories is the story of Blessing. She was a patient in Liberia and she was around, I think, eight and I was 11. And her story is unique in itself. But I think the reason I I love that story is I I was always impacted by the hospital as a kid. I always wanted to go down there um, to see what my dad was doing, to go with my mom, to just be involved in that space. Because it's surprisingly easy to live on the ship and not actually go down into our wards. Like there's just so much going on that you have to take intentional steps to be involved. But what happened with Blessing was I feel like that was the first story where um, our mission and goal as an organization became my own. Mm. Um, Before I went with my parents, I was a little nervous. I was always like, I don't know, I don't speak the language. What do I do? But one day my mom was like, there's this, there's this little girl and she's scared and she's nervous and she's downstairs. And it was during a time in my life on the ship as, as a ship kid, there's like seasons where there are tons of kids your age. And then there are seasons where there's like no one. Yeah. And it was one of those seasons where I didn't have any friends. She encouraged me, you can help each other right now. This isn't just you going down to bless her. I mean, you can bless each other. And so she encouraged me to go by myself. And that really started what would lead into my teenage years of this really incredible time making my home, as you said, in the hospital, Um, not just on the ship, but in the hospital. And it became this story of just two girls, like two equals, two little girls sitting in the hospital every day, painting rocks, playing games, learning each other's stories. And Blessing became one of my dearest friends because it was during our time in Liberia. So we were there for two years, which was a unique time to be back-to-back field services. Her story and her perseverance healed me in so many ways and inspired me as I was facing, you know, kind of lack of friends and feeling a little restless on the ship. Um, And even today, we're still in touch. And she just messaged me the other day to let me know she graduated nursing school. And she she decided to become a nurse because of her time on the ship. And she I guess I didn't say she had Noma. So she she had lost her lips. Can you tell us a little bit about what Noma is? It's a flesh eating disease um, that mainly preys on people whose immune systems are already very weak. And so uh, my dad told me most people die from it almost. Mm. I mean, not immediately, but but very quickly. And it's like 5%. I should look up that fact, but he said it's a very, (laughs) it's a very small percentage that actually make it through. But if you do survive the initial disease, you normally lose a part of your your flesh, normally like your cheek or your nose or your lips. And so Mm. she lost her lips. And so you know, and you're only nine years old and you look so now scary and people don't want to talk to you. And so to be with her during that season where she was literally getting, my dad was building her new lips. She was learning to smile again, quite literally, wow. um, was really moving. And to see how far she's come now after being so scared 
and feeling like she had to hide herself to now wanting to help people. And Mm. every time she sends me a picture, she's just smiling. Um, And so that her story, you know, I met her when I was 11 and it will always be one of my favorites because I love that her name is Blessing because she was one of the greatest blessings for me and continues to be. That is so beautiful. I love that. You know, when we talk a lot about families on the podcast, we've had some moms on board. You think sometimes that it's the parents that are using their professional skills to serve on board one of our ships, whether it's a doctor or um, a principal or, you know, someone in the academy. (laughs) The adults are serving and the kids are just kind of along for the ride. That's not true at all. The kids have Mm. such opportunity to serve as well. And I love how you, as an 11-year-old, were able to go and really minister to this other little girl. And in return, she really touched your life as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Moved me in so many ways. And and all of a sudden I wasn't alone. I had friends. Like that's what I loved about the hospital was they didn't become patients for me. They became my friends. And I think that's really a reflection of how Mercy Ships does the work that we do. We're not just there to do a job and get it done, but to care about the entirety of people's story stories, their, their humanity to value their humanity. And, ah, and I love that. I, I hope, I hope to keep in touch with her for the rest of my life. (laughs) Well, I think that's so beautiful that she was so radically impacted that now she's a nurse and wants to serve. Uh, That is very, very cool. What do you consider home? You know, I was actually just talking about this with someone at the hospital the other day, because that's something patients ask me all the time when I'm like, hi, I'm Chaplain Karis. I'm here to, you know, see how you're doing. And they're like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, so like, how (laughs) do I answer this without going into this two hour story you do not need to hear right now? (laughs) Um, And so I have, I really consider the ship to be my home still. And what's interesting about that is that even though community is constantly, as you know, constantly rotating on the ship, like everyone I grew up with is probably no, maybe a few of them are still on the ship, but it's a completely different community. Yeah. And yet I feel like it would still feel more like home to me than here because it's a group of people who value the same things I was taught to value and do value today, who are about the same things in the world, who have this mission of restoring shalom and sharing God's love and and being aware of what God is doing in this world and wanting to partner with him in that. Mm-hmm. And so I actually do feel like even when I just go and visit the ship and no, and it's a completely new community, I still feel at home there because it's people who are upholding those, those values and are about such wonderful things in the world. And so I think that home is less about, is less about geography for me now and more about mission. And there have been times where I have shown up in places that weren't mercy ships related, but were with groups of people who had a very similar vibe and I felt at home. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing. And I think that's beautiful because it is an incredible part of who you are now. It has formed who you are and I'm sure it has allowed you to have compassion upon people who are maybe just moving into your city or just moving Mm -hmm. into your town who've come from either a different state or a different country. People don't understand what it's like to be new in a place, but to have someone that can have compassion and understand other cultures, other countries, and just welcome them in and love on them. Yes. I, I'm really thankful for how the ship, I feel like, in, did instill that desire to include, uh, to be constantly learning from other people and the cultures and background they bring. And and I'm always, 
I just feel like my heart is so attuned to that at the hospital. Like I just am naturally so drawn to the people who feel out of place or are apologizing because they don't know English well enough. And I'm just like, there does not have to be uh, apologies or stress right now because I, I feel at home with you and I hope you can feel that way with me too. And so mm. I am really thankful because because the ship, the people on the ship are so, so good at, at caring for people who feel out of place or who have been taught to believe that they're out of place. So they don't have a place, as my dad always says, they don't have a place at the table of the human race. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what we're trying to do is invite everyone to that table. And so I love that that's a part of my core mission yeah. in this yeah. world. Yeah. What a gift that you were raised with that as being, you know, a value. And now you get to share that gift with all the people that you serve and care for in the hospital. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thankful. Karis, what are you most proud of having grown up on a ship? And what are you most mm-hmm. thankful for that you've learned from your international life? Oh, man, so many things. I think, you know, you mentioned it before, how there are so many amazing people we get to meet on the ship. And I think what I'm most proud of, in a sense, is actually the chance to have been formed and shaped and mentored by such an array of diverse, brilliant, motivated, driven people. I mean, I even think back, my parents like to tell me the story of since I was just a toddler, like one years old, they would bring me down and let patients who were missing home, missing their own children hold me and pass me around. And I think about the love that I received from these strangers, these patients who took care of me while my dad was doing rounds and, you know, checking on everyone and the trust that uh, I learned from them. And then I think growing up and all the people who took care of me as a child and then people who invested in my education in trusting me with the opportunities to work on the ship or to, to volunteer in different areas where there was need. I think of my parents, I think of just how, again, it is so unique to have that, that quality of people mm-hmm. and then getting to grow up around them and just have their values instilled in your own heart and life. And so I think I'm most proud and, and thankful to have been able to learn and to grow from that caliber of people. And when it comes to what I'm thankful for, international life, I, I was reflecting on this the other day and I think it's the the endless curiosity that it has taught me to be endlessly curious, to be a lifelong learner, yeah. uh, to both appreciate the amazing diversity and the, the ethnicities and religions and backgrounds and all these things I got, got to learn uh, from. But also at the end of the day, despite all of the diversity I experienced, I also saw that at the end of the day, we are all human and we have the same core desires. We want to be known. We want to be loved. We want to know what our purpose is. We want to know uh, where we belong. And all of these questions across all of these cultures I saw, I believe, find their answer in the same place, which is mm-hmm. God, God's kingdom, God's community. And so for me, it's just such a privilege to learn and to value and appreciate cultures and know that I am not always right. <laughs> Most mm-hmm. often, I'm not right. And yet, at the same time, there is such unity across these cultures. If we look at those basic desires and those basic um, needs that we have as humans that that want to belong and be loved by God and love others. And so I think that that is something I'm very thankful for. What a great inspiration to live a life of curiosity and be a lifelong learner. Next week, come back for a highlight with Dr. Andrew Clark. Andrew Clark. 